You're listening to Distilling Theology. I'm Blake. And I'm Justin. And this is a podcast pairing discussions of theology and distilled spirits. And dad jokes. Amen. What's wrong with you people? You're not David. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Fatality. You know, starting a podcast about theology and distilled spirits is whiskey business. (laughs) I said that with a straight face. This is Distilling Theology. Welcome to episode 31 of Distilling Theology. Justin, how are you doing tonight, brother? You know, I have been better. (laughs) But I've also been worse. Uh, in other words, I'm doing very average tonight. Uh, happy to be here. My um, my son turns four tomorrow, so pretty Woo! excited about that. Can't believe he's already four years old. It's crazy. Um, so we're going to have a little party yeah, and uh, stuff like that. Get to open some gifts, which is fun. And uh, Other than that, not a whole lot going on. I'm headed back to the office tomorrow for the first time in several months, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, Got to wear a mask all day, which would be great. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. How about you, man? How you been? I've been pretty good, man. It was, uh, kind of a chaotic week. I mean, granted on top of that is the fact that we recorded four episodes this week. Yeah. Yeah. We've been a little crazy this week, but you know what? It's, it's all going to pay off. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about how some of that's going to pan out in a minute yes. but first uh justin what did we, we just we just launched a thing and uh we've been talking about it but we're going to keep talking about it so yeah we tell the good people what's going on and i'll uh, vanna white for patreon <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just launched our online store shop distillingtheology.com if you go to distillingtheology.com you can just click the link store and it'll take you over there um we have started off with a triplet of mugs as it were and uh, they are awesome. On one side, we have our Distilling Theology logos in three different colors. And then on the other, we have uh, three different quotes from our man, Mr. Herman Bovink, uh, from the wonderful works of God. They are awesome. They, uh, they look great with coffee in them. <laughs> they also work as ice cream bowls. Ooh. Uh, I mean, you name it. You, whatever you can put in a spherical liquid holder <laughs> they are great for that they're good for old fashions for whiskey it's true definitely definitely have had whiskey in a coffee mug oh yes. before oh yes sometimes with coffee in it <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna go there anyway so yeah head on over there um also we just uh speaking of, of recording uh blake and i have had a very busy week uh, but guys you're gonna get a little bonus this week with a, uh, a crossover episode that we did uh, with the Assurance of Pardon guys. Scott and Gage are awesome. Uh, we had a blast with them. Uh, and there will be a joint giveaway with them. Uh, so go check them out. Check out their page. Uh, check out their Instagram or if they have one. I don't know. And check out check out all their stuff. Um, and you can see the, the giveaway. They are giving away a book. Um, we are giving away a mug. Um, 
maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. No, but. that's it, man. The yeah. only thing is that's going to go uh, tomorrow and we're going to drop the episode tomorrow to correspond with that because it already aired on their show uh, mm-hmm. on Friday. So for us, it'll just be Wednesday the 15th. We're going to drop that episode, uh, which is when the giveaway launches. So we're very excited about yeah. that. Yeah, it was it was a blast, man. We've and we have another episode that we'll talk about at the end of the show. Yeah, uh, we it's do coming up next week. It yeah, was, it, it was great. It was chaotic, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> hashtag worth it. Yeah, for sure. You miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Oh, <laughs> that's a totally original quote right there. I just came up with that. Never, never, never heard hey. that before. Anyways, what are we yeah. tasting tonight, Justin? I'm really excited. Um, this was a little bit different. We're doing a whistle pig, another whistle pig rye, but this is their six year piggyback rye. So uh, I've had their 10 year. I, I, it's pretty much the only thing I've had from them. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, apparently, this is 100% rye mash bill and it's bottled at 96.56 proof or 48.28% alcohol by volume. Um, I'm excited. Uh, Blake, why don't you mention uh, your buddy there? So this um, was one of the last whiskeys that the late Dave Pickerel worked on with the guys at Whistlepig, and they bottled it at what they called distiller strength, um, which is a curious thing. Yeah, it says it right on the bottle. You're (laughs) like, what is that? That's not a thing. Um, You have like barrel proof, barrel strength, but distiller strength. And that's just a nod to uh, 1956, which was the year of Dave Pickerel's birth. So 96, 56 proof. Uh, And apparently as they were testing it, they liked that high over that high proof range um mm-hmm. or about 48.28 percent alcohol by volume uh it was aged six years in char three american oak barrels with toasted and charred heads apparently i don't know enough about all this we'll have to have our our good friend yeah. eric jet back on to talk to us about different char levels um because yes. apparently char four has a different thing and i don't know what all that means so i will i will own my ignorance where it exists which this is, is pl- many many air hiss uh this is designed to be a rye for cocktail mixing um from the flavor of it to it being overproof and the price point it should be between like 40 and 46 bucks and i so i still think whistle pig is a little spendy but i like it generally you know sure. it's not like it's something that i'm like oh you know it's it's not a uh it doesn't prevent me from buying it but it is you know something to know and we'll taste other stuff on the show that's at a similar or lower price point that i think is also quite good just different um and this was sourced uh from mgp rye in alberta canada and blended in shoreham vermont at the whistle pig farm so mm. that's happening Vermont's uh, beautiful. I want to go back yeah, to Vermont. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But also, the Adirondacks. We were both just up there recently. Yeah. Separately. See, Vermont looks like the Adirondacks, but there's less laws that are obnoxious. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. Well, anyways, let's get in and taste this thing. Uh, we're trying to keep this episode a little shorter just because we both had a long week and we both have to go to work in uh, a couple of hours. So, uh Oh wait, Ooh. nosing. I'm like, I'm like ready to. Ready Blake's to go. like ready. I gotta, I gotta chug this thing. What are you? Uh, what are you getting on the nose? So there's some citrus right out the gate. It's a little bit sweeter than lemon. It's more like orange, maybe grapefruit, maybe. Yeah, I get some of that. I also just because I there's always get this spice. with rice. Yeah. yeah, I always get like baking spice, like s- nutmeg or cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. My nose is a little congested, so my sense of smell is not 100% yeah. <laughs> tonight. Uh, I think I smell apples, but that might be what you're smelling as the the citrus. I'm not sure. No, there could be apples there. 
it's actually, it's a little drier on the nose than I remember, which is yeah. kind of cool, but it is a rye. So I guess that shouldn't be terribly surprising. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it's pretty bright actually for yeah. a rye. Let's not go awry tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just, let's just go and taste this bad boy. Yeah. Let's go. Cheers. I like that motion. That was good. Mm-hmm. So that's, that hits different. That tastes different than, than I expected. Yeah. It's very bright in like the middle back side of the mouth. There, there's a lot of spice mm-hmm. up front. Like it really hits you a lot at, at the beginning, you know, pepper, uh, yeah. cinnamon, but like, I don't know. It's like, what's it remind me of? It makes me, it, it, okay. It reminds me of my soap because I have, <laughs> I have a, I have this soap and it's called uh, leaf and no, it's leaf and leather. It Amazing. tastes the way that that soap smells. <laughs> All right. I dig it. It's very, it's, it's kind of got like a, um, like a leathery sort of earthy but like not in like a not in like a a dirt kind of earthy way but like it's just oh man there's a little bit again. of um something like dark sweet in the front i would say almost like a it's darker like than a chocolate covered strawberry mm. or something yeah, like that yeah, 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 yeah. and the, the finish like despite it brightening up at the back of the mouth the finish is pretty dry and spicy actually it's kind of interesting it's like spice dry sweet bright spice dry (laughs) it's so fascinating to me how those flavor like how those things interact with your palate and part of that is the proof as well but i don't really get any alcohol burn off this at all no it's not bad at all there's almost as it sits now and maybe it's just my nose being a little plugged but there's almost like a a, to me in the back there's almost like a pininess to it which didn't hit till like my third sip here i don't know man that's that's pretty good for yeah that's a punchy little rye. For what it is, that's that's pretty good. I'm not mad about it. No, me, I, not at all. Hey, man, I'm tasting <laughs> tasting whiskey with my buddy and talking theology, so not mad about that at all. Yeah. Uh, here are their notes from their website. Much more concise than some of the other notes that we will read. I, I'm having a little time dilation here <laughs> uh, in the future. Uh, the nose, fresh cinnamon, black peppercorn, a hint of tangerine, and grapefruit zest. So pretty much right on the money there palate powerfully spicy with cocoa cardamom and cured leather flavors so your soap there it is and then the finish wonderfully lengthy with baking spices vanilla and a hint of citrus that's pretty cool now i'm getting that little that little tinge of citrus at the end yeah no that's good that's good so blake as we continue on Mm. in the doctrine of scripture this is part three for us uh, which I'm, i'm excited about i love scripture uh why don't we open with a prayer, as per usual, Amen. And, uh, and dive right in uh, to this to this uh, subject tonight. We affirm tonight. We're reading from the Valley of Vision, uh, page three eighty. I was kind of lazy, and I went to the week's worth of prayers, which is awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite things about Valley of Vision is at the at the end they have this week's worth of prayers, morning and evening, uh, for all seven days of the week, as well as specific prayers uh, for the Lord's Day and the Lord's Day morning. So. Really, really cool. Just again, great resource. Yeah. Uh, Banner of Truth sponsor us. All right. On that note, <laughs> uh, the first day evening, the teacher, page 380. Oh God, we bless thee, our creator, preserver, benefactor, teacher, for opening to us the volume of nature, where we may read and consider thy works. 
Thou hast this day spread before us the fuller pages of revelation, and in them we see what thou wouldest have us do, what thou requirest of us, what thou hast done for us, what thou hast promised to us, what thou hast given us in Jesus. We pray thee for a conscious experience of his salvation in our deliverance from sin, in our bearing his image, in our enjoying his presence, and our being upheld by his free spirit. Let us not live uncertain of what we are, of where we are going. Bear witness with our spirit that we are thy children, and enable each one to say, I know my Redeemer. Bless us with a growing sense of this salvation. If already enlightened in Christ, may we see greater things. If quickened, may we have more abundant life. If renewed, let us go on from strength to strength. Give us closer abiding in Jesus, that we may bring forth more fruit, have a deeper sense of our obligations to him, that we may surrender all, have a fuller joy, that we may serve him more completely. And may our faith work by love toward him who died, toward our fellow believers, towards our fellow men. Amen. 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 I love it. It's just so good every time. Maybe one day we'll we'll give away a Valley of Visions someday. You know, that's not a bad idea. Just just coming up with these yeah. on the air. <laughs> as no, we do. It's a, a great idea. I like it. I love it. So, <laughs> what are we talking about tonight? Good buddy. Well, uh we've covered a lot so far, right? The doctrine of scripture. Um, Thanks. And there's there's more to cover. <laughs> Uh, there's definitely more to cover. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the translations. Um, I, I have a few thoughts about that as well as uh, transmission of the text. Um, interpretation, right? Uh, exegesis mm-hmm. and hermeneutics, what those things are and why they're important. Um, and then, of course, as always, especially as reformers, uh, talking about the authority uh, mm. of Scripture and its infallible rule mm. over our lives. Amen. That's good stuff. We'll start off in uh, the Westminster Confession, Mm -hmm. Chapter 1, Article 8. Again, it's been actually really helpful to use uh, the Confession sort of as a guidepost to help pace these episodes on the Doctrine of Scripture. So we'll just take like two or three articles from the chapter because it's so good. Uh, And as we talked about it, in, in, I think you mentioned in an earlier episode, this like, I don't know, maybe it was 10 episodes ago. I don't remember. But you said something like the confessions are basically mini systematic theologies um, that give us this like really uh, rich thing with with the proof text. So uh, WCF 1.8. The Old Testament in Hebrew, which was the native language of the people of God of old, and the New Testament in Greek, which at the time of the writing was uh, of it was most generally known to the nations, being immediately inspired by God and by his singular care and providence kept pure in all ages, therefore authentical, so as in all controversies of religion in the church is finally to appeal unto them, being the scriptures. Uh, but because these original tongues are not known to all the people of God, who have right unto an interest in the scriptures and are commanded in the fear of God to read and search them. Therefore, they are to be translated into the vulgar language of every nation unto which they come, that the word of God dwelling plentifully in all, they may worship him in an acceptable manner and through patience and comfort of the scriptures may have hope. 
I love that, man. And I know London Baptist basically is word for word with that. Yes. Um, I, I love that a lot. And and so it touches, that touches on a ton, right? Yeah, it does. So, that might be the episode, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, so to start off, uh, there's a couple of things. We, we have to recognize that the inspired word of God, the written word of God that came uh, from God out of the pencils you know, or whatever writing utensils they use, but you get what I'm saying, the, the, the pens of the, the uh, people writing the text, uh, those inspired documents were in the original languages, right? So they were in Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we consider to be inspired. Uh, yeah. Looking at you, KJV onlyists. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, looking at you, Stephen Anderson. So <laughs> um, we have to recognize, number one, that when we say we believe that God's word is the perfect, infallible, inspired uh, word of God, we're speaking uh, primarily uh, author- that, that that's what we mean authoritatively. That's the text that was inspired. Um, yeah. But... Because we're commanded as believers to know the scriptures, to search the scriptures, to understand God's word, uh, to know God and to, to love God more. Uh, it's necessary, not just not just permissible, but necessary right. for the tra- for the for the text to be translated mm-hmm. uh, into the languages that we understand, you know. Um, right. is it would it be better if we knew the the Hebrew and the Koine Greek? Uh, yes, that would be better. <laughs> yeah. um, and a lot of people do learn those things. But um, and, and praise God for those people. Not all of us have or will do that. Uh, and so it's necessary for us to have the scriptures in our own language. Um, and, and so we have the translations that we have. Uh, that means, though, um, that because of the nature of language, there's going to be some variations, textually speaking, uh, between... Uh, the different translations, right? You're going to have um, words come across differently, um, but that's not to say that the the purpose or the meaning of the text is no longer viable, or that we can't understand what the intent is. Um, and with the abundance of which we have Bibles in our country, as well as commentaries on the Bibles and the access to the teachers we have, uh, we really don't have an excuse here. Um, yep. And that's different. That's a different that that. Bear in mind, this is a different area of study than the transmission of the text, which is how we got sure. the Bible we have today. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how the scripture was passed down uh, from the time it was written through the ages, how it was preserved and kept by God throughout the ages mm-hmm. so that pe- the people of today, you know, 2,000 years later, uh, know that we're reading the same word of God uh, that was being written uh, several thousand years ago. Yeah. I also love that in this section, it talks about um, all controversies of religion. The church is to appeal unto the scripture. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have other stuff about that coming down in, in uh, chapter one, article 10. Um, and also that the people of God, the, the, the church, the lay people are not only, you know, they don't not only do we have a right to read the scripture contra Rome, yes. where it's presented in these, you know, archaic learned languages and taught to the lay people um and they're not allowed access to it or weren't at least in the reformation days right um but rather the the people of god have a right unto and an interest in the scriptures and are commanded to read and to search them Mm -hmm. that is our you know as we may not all be 
biblical or systematic or historical theologians, we may not all be able to, uh, you know, properly explain uh, the nuances of divine simplicity as it relates to, uh, you know, God's immutability. Um, But at the same time, we're to we're to search and read the scriptures. We're to seek, right? What was it the Bereans were commended for? They sought the scriptures to see whether the things yeah. the apostles were teaching were true. Um, what does and Paul that's say? What we're you know, to be. Right. Test the test the scriptures, right? You can yeah. Compare what I'm saying to what God says. Right, and that's again uh, as we're in this series on systematic theology, going through you know subsets of doctrine. How beautiful, right? That's the whole idea is that you take the whole testimony of God, the whole tota scriptura, and you see from Genesis to Revelation, what is the testimony of scripture yes. on these topics? Yeah. We talked about theology proper. Now we're talking about scripture itself. Um, and it's just so good. Also, I would highly recommend, we do this every episode, but check out reformedstandards.com um, and look up the London Baptist Confession of Faith. Look up the Westminster. Look up the three forms of unity and click through. They have links to all the proof texts. So you can yeah. literally like read the article and then scroll to the bottom, see all the proof texts and click on them um, and, and see what's happening. And it's, man, I I've slowly been going through uh, the confession with a Bible in front of me and like line by line, proof text by proof text uh, exploring. And it's just been so even, even in the areas where maybe I don't agree with the the divines on their interpretation, it's so helpful. (gasps) I know it's so helpful though, to see, um, yeah, to see that the thought process or, or I'll be like, okay, why did they use this verse to address mm-hmm. this, this mm-hmm. point? Uh, so good stuff, man. Yeah. And um, sometimes you might be surprised by your own knowledge and say, well, why didn't they use this verse? Right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, Absolutely. It's just one of those fun, fun yeah. experiments. <laughs> so, uh, now let's talk about in light of that though. So we're all to read the scriptures and yes. we need it to be translated. This is why you see such a huge push in Protestant denominations to translate the Bible into all known languages. Uh, yeah. and well, we're to called do so to accurately. disciple the nations, right? Right. There are, right. there are nations, there are way more nations than we realize that still don't have the scripture in their own language. Mm-hmm. We, we don't, we don't quite grasp that. Uh, I think because we we have the internet and so we you know we think everything is perfectly global and it's just not realistic. Yeah. So th- there are there are so many people out there, right? We recognize that faith comes by hearing, yeah. right? The, the, in how how do you hear how do you hear the words uh, of the gospel, right? You, you need to hear it in your language, and so it's it's uh, it's a moral imperative yeah. for us to be translating the scriptures into all languages. And because, on that note, yeah, yeah it's worth ahead. saying this. Uh, I just looked this up because I wasn't sure. As of October 2019, so this is an old article, the Bible has been, the full Bible has been translated into 698 languages. Mm-hmm. And the New Testament has been translated into an additional 1,548 languages. Yeah. So praise God for that. Obviously, there's still a bunch of work to be done in that area. Yes. And uh, that's something that Protestants historically. Isn't it amazing uh, how many languages are, there are? Yeah. Dude, Babel, man. Babel was lit. <laughs> and not in the way we want. <laughs> That's going on a t-shirt. Yeah. It, 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 I think oftentimes this can become a stumbling block, though, for certain people because they think, sure. well, then how are those people who don't have the Bible mm-hmm. uh, damned? You know, they, they've right. never had the opportunity to hear. Well, we recognize that they're sinners and they deserve hell. Right. First of well, all. <laughs> yeah. And we'll tackle that a bit into yeah. our uh, biblical anthropology episode where we yeah, talk about the nature yeah. of man. But yes, 
look good preview. So, so that's a, that's important to recognize. Yeah, it's important to realize that God is going to, in due time, save all of His people, mm-hmm. uh, and so we can trust the God of the universe who put this entire universe into motion. Uh, that yeah. He He knows what He's doing, <laughs> and that we're Indeed. not going to thwart our wee little selves are not going to thwart His plans. So, Amen. Uh, just bear that in mind. Thanks. Well, in light of of those things. So as we are called to study the scripture, to examine it, to wrestle with it, uh, one thing we, we harp on this every episode, but we're going to talk about it again because it will never stop being important. And it's something we need to constantly be reminding ourselves of, uh, is the interpretation of scripture. Uh, ultimately, right. You can, uh, we, we joked about this, uh, with the, well, actually this will be tomorrow, but, uh, um, <laughs> that, uh, the meme about, um, like the inspirational verse on a calendar about like yeah, bow down to yeah. me, worship me and all this will be yours. And it's like less inspirational <laughs> if you know who said it, it's Satan, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's an extreme example. But at the same time, while that usually doesn't happen to that same extreme, people take this, the, this scripture out of context all the time in wild and crazy ways. So Justin, you want to tell us what, uh, what, are, what do we confess about the rule of interpretation uh, for the Bible? <laughs> well, <laughs> we have a confession for that, Blake. Oh, unfortunately, we're using the wrong one. Uh, (laughs) Classic. Uh, Okay, so um, Westminster uh, continues uh, in um, 1.9. It says the infallible rule of interpretation of Scripture is indeed the Scripture itself. And therefore, when there is a question about the true and full sense of any Scripture, which is not manifold but one, it must be searched and known by other places that speak more clearly. Mm. So there's this principle that we as reformers abide by, and that's that the scripture interprets scripture yeah. um, because only scripture is authoritative, right? right. Um, it can be helpful to have insights from other godly men uh, sure. or godly women who, who have uh, wrestled with, with the scriptures um, and may, may be able to shed some light on some, uh, some of these things or maybe uh, can point you to uh, the the more uh, accurate meaning of a word in in Greek or Hebrew and things like that, but ultimately, uh, right? There's always all we always have to go back to our ultimate authority. The mm. ultimate here is that the Scripture is the ultimate authority, and so therefore uh, we can't just take a Scripture and say, "I don't know what this means." Let me ask somebody, and then never mm. uh, look at a broader context. Right? Tota scriptura, Scripture mm. as a whole speaks. As a whole, and so we can we can trust that Scripture uh, is going to give us uh, right. Scripture itself tells us that it, it gives us everything we need uh, mm. to be a fully rounded uh, yeah. man of God, and so we can trust that the Scripture is going to have all the information that we need. And so we don't, technically speaking, we don't need anything extra scriptural mm. uh, to be equipped. Yeah. Um, the other yeah. things are helpful. But the scripture needs to interpret itself. So in an area where something might not be clear, let's say it's talking about um, dealing with same-sex relationships, right? Uh, Hot hot topic here. Um, In one scripture where it may be seemingly um, unclear, which really it's not, but you can look to other places in scripture where it talks about the same thing. And it also talks about, in a broader sense, uh, what marriage looks like. And sure. how, how the marriage relationship is defined. So yeah. when you can, when you have both of those things, you have a very clear picture of what the Bible says. Uh, but if you just have you know one or two verses uh, and you try to run with that, 
well, then you end up in a cult. So, <laughs> right. Well, and that's, I mean, honestly, we're not to go off the rails completely here, but like open theism, the yeah, we always do. Open theism is ultimately, I mean, you and I have both uh, engaged with a, a Facebook acquaintance who is an open theist um, mm-hmm. and overly aggressive about it sometimes, but uh, <laughs> all the time. But um, what's interesting to me about open theism is it often takes passages. I mean, we talked about this when we talked about language, right? It takes passages that are anthropomorphic um, and then extrapolates those over and against the more didactic teaching, like abstracted language about God. Um, So they will take the whole, Oh, uh, now I know, right. After, after Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, God saying to him, now I know. Uh, And they'll say, see, God didn't know something. And now we, and then he's learning information. So, you know, the whole thing about he being, you know, uh, he was, he is, he is to come. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, he establishes all his ways. Uh, he sits in the heavens and does whatever he pleases. Uh, he has proclaimed the end from the beginning. Um, he knows that, you know, man plans, but God knows the heart. Uh, all that stuff. We're just going to set that aside because this one yeah, verse I mean, that says our point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's just but, and, that, that. and that gets into stuff we talked about in episode 16 in our intro to, to theology episode where we, I, I love these definitions. These came from uh, Joel Beakey's Reformed Systematic Theology. Uh, yeah. These two terms, really important terms, exegesis and hermeneutics. Exegesis tells us what the text says, and hermeneutics is the task of the pastor, the theologian, the layperson studying the, theology to understand what the text means. And that's where Westminster 1.9 comes in, right? Yeah. In that hermeneutics, the guiding principle must be scripture for scripture. Um, so again, in that instance, right, what did I do there? I didn't, uh, I didn't go off on an opinion piece about, well, God <laughs> is sovereign. And John Calvin says, I was like, here, here's the testimony of the Bible. I didn't go pull chapter and verse, but we can do that if we really want to. Um, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like y- you can go and look and you see how the scripture clarifies itself. Um, right. and a great way to do this well, is like new Testament. See, yeah. Yeah. We see that like I was, you're just started to say exactly what I was interrupting you to say that we see that we see uh, that in the, the New Testament constantly quoting yeah. the Old Testament right uh, and then you when you add to that uh, the infallibility of scripture that's testified by uh, Paul to Timothy right that all scriptures got breathed well if that's the case we recognize that it's perfect and that it's our knowledge really that's that's lacking and so we can look to the wisdom of the people who wrote the scriptures and God's wisdom that's in the scriptures to get a full understanding of what something really means. Well, amen, brother. <laughs> it reminds me of that meme of uh, Joel Osteen. This is Herman <laughs> Newtick's never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It's classic. But really, I mean, that's right. That's um, we, we talk about this a little bit in uh, the episode tomorrow with the guys from um, Assurance of Pardon talking about bad unhelpful Christianese phrases, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's something that happens, right? In this like the youth group culture of the 90s and the 2000s. <laughs> the, I like that, the youth group Well, culture. this is what it was, right? And, it really and, was. And uh, you would go in and somebody, you know, would say, okay, God wants us to be courageous. So then they'd go and Google search all the verses with the word courage. <laughs> you know it's what I mean? Too, that's too real, man. It's, <laughs> it's too real. But, but how often is it, you know, that's, fortunately, that one is like, okay, you can at least, you know, find, and, but unlike biblical theology and hermeneutics, you're not actually doing any kind of work there. All you're doing is just like, well, let's 
Let's just find a vert. Let's just no, say let's be honest. It doesn't take it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, qualifications to be a youth pastor. Hey, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I say that as as somebody who had we had now. I don't necessarily believe in youth pastoring. <laughs> However, uh, we had probably one of the best youth pastors over the last 14 years in our church. That I mean, that that man. I've talked about him before. I mean, yeah, he he, he was the guy who. He he loved Jesus so much. He he worked at the school and as a as like a lunch monitor during his his off hours. Yeah. And he would somehow against the rules invite every single kid he came in contact with to youth camp, you know, and mm. I mean he got, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 kids in our our tiny little podunk town uh, to go to wow. uh to go to this youth camp, you know, and yeah. uh a lot of those people have have had real conversions and yeah. and have ended up uh, you know going on and getting their theology degrees and doing wonderful things. So it's been really cool uh, to see the the fruits of his labor. But um, mm. but yeah, youth group culture, man. That's we should we should do a whole podcast on that sometime. We should. That would be a that'd be a doozy. <laughs> I, dude, but, I've had some interesting oh, yeah, experiences, yeah. man. Oh, we all we've all had. Well, <laughs> and again, what does that come down to? Is I think it was a matter. Uh, Les talks about this in his film Calvinist, um, or one of his interviewees does. Right, the church, and this isn't a blame on any particular church, as it is evangelicalism broadly speaking in Western culture. Mm-hmm had this emphasis on, okay, well, we just need to entertain, you know, it was all about this attractional model. Well, we have to make church attractive. We have to entertain them. And as a result, you ended up with much more shallow things. You had people who didn't understand. So, so like today we were in our, uh, our, our reading group talking about the wonderful works of God by Bavink and his, you know, it was a long chapter, but his chapter on the creation and origin of man, such an amazing set of, I mean, like we talked about there, like you're not necessarily, you may, but you probably won't necessarily change or convert the people that you're saying it to. But if somebody attacks you for having a creation, creationist perspective, Bavink's 40 pages there in Wonderful Works of God that any teenager could read, mm-hmm. realistically, um, would give you a robust defense of the faith and give you at least answers to be able to say, yeah, no, I, I, I've thought through this. Uh, and yeah. unfortunately, in the youth group culture, it was the opposite. It was the anti-intellectualism that we're seeing the church suffer from today. Big time, um, big time, yeah. Was this attitude of, well, you don't really need to do that. We just need to entertain you, um, get you to raise your hand for the altar call and say the sinner's prayer. And uh, and then we're good. You know, we've done our job. We've punched your ticket for heaven, so to speak. Um, yeah. Which is yeah. problematic, right? And, and ultimately, again, what does that come down to? It's not about Bavink. It's not about Calvin. It's not about the Westminster, the London Baptist, Augustine, or any of them. It's about the scripture and yes. being scripturally literate. And that doesn't come from, uh, you know, a 20-year-old kid saying, all right, teenagers, uh, today we're going to learn about how to not have sex before marriage and then go on a tangent uh, and, and pull a bunch of verses. Like this kind of moralism. Now, yeah. should we be preaching, you know, that, that this is between man and woman in marriage. Absolutely. But at the same time, that there's kind a broader, of moralism well, right, doesn't help. There's, there's a broader context, right? Yes. If you tell the, if you give the kid a bunch of rules as to why, or to tell him what not to do, that's yeah. the first thing they're going to want to do. Right. But if you've explained to them the why, yeah. why it matters, and ultimately the broader context of, uh, of the gospel mm-hmm. and of uh, who, who they are and, and who, uh, who God is, that yeah. It makes more sense to do it that way because it. Why? Why was? Why does my son ever listen to me? Because right. he loves and respects me, mm-hmm. right? 
It's not because I've said don't do this because it's bad. It's because he doesn't want to disappoint daddy. There's a huge difference there in the reason that he's not doing something. Um, Understanding the broader context (laughs) makes a huge difference. And yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. I love the, uh, the analogy that uh, Scott Davis from Assurance of Pardon quoted uh, Mike Horton talking about good news versus good advice. Mm-hmm. So be sure to listen to tomorrow's bonus episode, uh, our crossover with Assurance of Pardon. Yeah. Because that was you a can great, hear Doug Wilson cool. quote, hey Oh boy, <laughs> there it is. Uh, and on and that it's note, not for me. Yeah, that's true. The authority of scripture, uh, finally, which we've been kind of hinting at this whole time, but Westminster... Yeah. Uh, Chapter one, article 10. And again, this is all chapter one. This is the beginning of the Westminster Confession of Faith. Uh, isn't why Westminster is so great. And the same for, it's not why London Baptist is so great or why the three forms of unity are so great. It's why the scripture is our authority, right? And so the concluding uh, article of this chapter is the supreme judge by which all controversies of religion are to be determined. And all decrees of councils, opinions of ancient writers, doctrines of men, and private spirits are to be examined, and in whose sentence we are to rest, can be no other but the Holy Spirit speaking in the Scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amen. I just love the eloquence of uh, of the confessions. Well, all, I, all I love what it says there, too, in the end about... Yeah. It's not just the scriptures speaking of themselves, but it's the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit speaking through the scriptures. Yeah. Right. Man. That is quite literally miraculous, right? Right. That is that is a work of God that happens to the Christian who's reading the scriptures and interacting with the scriptures. Um <laughs> it's funny to say, you know, we're cessationists, uh spoiler alert. And so um it's it's frustrating to often be misrepresented by saying we don't believe anything miraculous happens because that's mm-hmm. not the case. But like just this in and of itself uh, is evidence that that's not what we believe. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, you know, the fact that any sinner is saved is a miracle. Mm-hmm. The fact that God speaks to us through his word is a miracle. Yeah. Um and yeah, I mean uh, it, for, that also reminded me of uh, you know my mind th- often thinks in memes these days. Thank you, uh, co- coronavirus. Um, Thank you. Yeah, but it reminds me of that meme of uh, John MacArthur saying, "God gave me a word," and the people are in the audience. Tell us, MacArthur. Tell us what he said. And he goes, "Read your Bibles." <laughs> <laughs> That's like the uh, the John Owen meme. It's like it's like, hey, is this TBN? No, this is John Owen. Okay, fine. I need I need help with this uh this word from God. I'm trying to discern, and it's the just the quote of like private revelations of yeah. scripture. They're needless. Yeah. If they disagree, they're false. Just like got them. Um, but right, ultimately that that's the the trick, right? All the church councils, all the doctrines of ancient writers, doctrines of men, all of this ultimately is utterly subject to the authority of scripture, and that's why. Mm-hmm. We can, you know, call ourselves Calvinists and be reformed and have hold to these confessions in general, but still take exception with articles here and there because uh, ultimately our loyalty and authority is to the scripture. Now, I think we would both affirm in general that the confessions are really solid yes. uh, doctrinal presentations of what the yeah. scripture says, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, we both probably only have very minor disagreements regarding sure any area of the confessions. Right. And that's worth noting as well. But the point with that is that at the end of the day, even though we quote these things, we quote Calvin, we quote Edwards, we quote Spurgeon, these are all fallible documents. And and Westminster and and London Baptists, the Belgian Confession all start here. They all start by saying, hey, look, we're all just 
which is the point, right? This is yeah. our confession of what we believe the scripture is teaching us. But ultimately, the scripture and the scripture alone is our authority over and against what Rome teaches, where the yeah. Pope has authority and the traditions of the church have authority. Um, everything is subservient to the word uh, in in this. And that's ultimately, I think, what what drew me personally uh, into Reformed and ultimate, you know, Calvinism and ultimately confessional theology was. That's right. It's so scriptural. I was reading from uh, the Westminster Larger Catechism on the exposition of uh, the Sixth Commandment earlier today. And um, I just love how even in the, the catechisms where they're saying, you know, what is the, what are the duties required in the Sixth Commandment? Uh, what are the sins um, uh, forbidden in the Sixth Commandment? And then they go on and list these things. But even in that, they're listing proof texts that go beyond just the immediate record that they're addressing. And uh, it's beautiful, man. I'm, um, yeah, I love it. I, uh, it's a, it's a friendly, healthy reminder for me too, to get, to, to be more saturated in the word. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Anyways, those are my I thoughts. I dig, I dig, man. But look, what it boils down to ultimately. Ooh, <laughs> you're on a kick with that. The ultimate edition. The ultimate edition. Ultimately. Uh, the reason that we're Christians is because we believe the word of God and the word of God alone as our entire reference point for all faith and practice, right? All of our life is, is based on what we believe about the scriptures because the scriptures Mm -hmm. are the only reason that we know anything about who God is. And, and the only reason that we know God is because he's revealed himself to us through his word and so what we believe about the scriptures is absolutely uh, of, of like incredible significance. It is imperative yeah. to understand where you stand on the scriptures. Um, so why did we spend three episodes on it? That's why. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, we could spend three more in the final we analysis. We could. Uh, it is possible that we at least spent one more with someone else on it. Oh, hey, fancy! What? You should mention that. Uh, what? what? What's coming up next in the next? Because we did record. We recorded four things this week. We did. So now, granted, one of them came out a little bit late, and I apologize to the, everybody for for episode thirty being so late. But you know what? It was. It, we made it. Listen, uh, it's only late if you're not a patron. Hey. That's a really good segue. <laughs> um, but before we get to Patreon, yeah. uh, what do we have coming up tomorrow, which we've already talked about briefly, but what's happening tomorrow on Wednesday? Yeah, tomorrow is the, uh, what is tomorrow? Tomorrow's Wednesday. No, tomorrow's Monday, right? No, tomorrow is, I mean, in relation to when this is being released. Okay, yeah. So t- <laughs> tomorrow, because right now it's it's the Lord's Day. Tomorrow, uh, as compared to when this podcast airs <laughs> will be Wednesday um, and we are dropping some bonus content that's right we got to hang out with the guys from assurance of pardon uh, they they launched that episode on Friday we'll be dropping it on Wednesday the 15th yes. which is when our joint giveaway uh, happens they are giving away a copy of Crossway's new um, uh, biography of Herman Bavink and in that same giveaway uh, 
the winner will also receive a Distilling Theology coffee mug. This is going to be um, uh, one of the quote mugs from The Wonderful Works of God by Herman Bevink. So definitely when that episode drops, be sure to head over to uh, our Facebook and the Facebook page for Assurance of Pardon to get entered into that giveaway. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, and what are we doing next week on our regularly <laughs> scheduled programming? Goodness gracious. <laughs> it's amazing, you know, all this time, uh, all this virus, I don't even know what day of the week it is. Yeah, uh, same. Next week, we're, <laughs> we're going to be talking about, uh, or rather, we did already talk about, but you're going to be hearing it for the first time, uh, the canon of Scripture, uh, which is uh, a bit different than the doctrine of Scripture. Um, sure. It's all we had. Though. Yeah, we 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 uh, sipped some Ard Big Ten here with a good friend mm-hmm. of ours, uh, Austin Rifle of the Sipping on Theology podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, that was a lot of fun. A super cool guy, a great beard. Um, join Patreon so you can see our beards. Amen. And uh, <laughs> uh, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, check that out and check out his podcast as well. Some yeah. amazing content. And uh, somehow he blew past us on Instagram. So uh, come on, guys, we gotta we gotta do something about that. Get so. on there, get on there. Uh, <laughs> and Austin and Sipping on Theology are also proud members with us of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. This is a yeah. network of doctrinally sound podcasts from a Reformed perspective, including Sipping on Theology, Yours Truly Distilling Theology, the Bobcast, the Steady Anchor Podcast, Reformed Pilgrims, Fast God Stuff, and the Reformed Brotherhood. Basically, if you subscribe to this mega feed, uh, you will never be short of podcast content again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all good and all different. I, I find it different, diverse. Everybody's voices are different. Uh, everybody's um, perspectives are unique. The combinations of personalities all make it interesting. Different Let's be honest, I'm, prob- I'm probably the black sheep of the whole crew here <laughs> when it comes, comes theologically uh, and, and at least some things for sure. Sure, but I was going to say there's there's plenty of there's plenty of good Baptists uh, in yeah. in the mix. Um, I'm not but your average he, Baptist, Blake. Oh shoot! And we also we had Nick on from uh, Reform Pilgrims back on episode six. Yeah, crazy dude, is that? It's been a while. We, it's so wild to think that it. Man, that's crazy. Uh, but anywho, um, reminder about our Distilling Theology quote mugs. Check them out. ShopDistillingTheology.com for a limited time. If you order all three mugs, you will automatically get a discount applied uh, and get the entire trilogy for thirty three thirty three. That's running for a limited time, so don't miss out on that. You're going to want to catch them uh, while you can get them at that price. Uh, but how else can people get discounts in our store, Justin? Mm. So if you join us on Patreon, uh, just go to patreon.com slash distilling theology. Uh, if you just join our base tier, four ninety nine a month, uh, less than a extremely extravagant frappuccino from Starbucks, uh, you will get a discount across the store, uh, the Shop Distilling Theology store, and that's going to be indefinite. So future purchases, new stuff that comes out, shirts, hats, glasses, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, by all means, you will be able to use that discount. Um, so that is exciting. Join us there. You'll also get uh, bonus content. Uh, you get to see all the video live streams of Blake's and my face and uh, see all of our oopsies. Yep. Um, all everything of else, them. <laughs> uh, raw footage. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, and we also do stuff. extended episodes. Like we we'll, do. Um, so when we had on Eric Jet, we went on for like another thirty or forty five minutes after yeah. part two of that interview yeah. uh, and had a really really great discussion. That was yeah, that was fire. Dude. So that robust. Really good. So yeah, check us out there. You'll get all that bonus content. It is a lot of fun. 
Um, and you'll, there's other perks too. So uh, yeah. hop on there, join us. We'll be happy to have you. And yeah, also check us out on Instagram. Like, uh, like we mentioned, mm. uh, help us, help us get to a thousand. We're on the road to a thousand, uh, uh, followers there. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, join us on Facebook if you like our page, and then join our Facebook group. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where that's where it's really happening. Uh, we have uh, a ton of people in there now. It's a lot of fun. Uh, great conversations. It, we hardly even have to moderate it. It just kind of takes care of itself. Everybody in there is awesome. Yeah. Um, so it's we're one really, of my favorite things. Yeah, we're really pleased with that. Really Amen. Happy with that. So yeah, check us out. And then just distillingtheology.com. Uh, you can see our podcast uh, in uh, any other podcasting platform that you prefer uh yeah you're probably already doing that if you're listening to us right now so that's but hey you never know can never be too careful as they say (laughs) uh so yeah guys thank you again for listening uh like i said tomorrow assurance of pardon next tuesday with austin rifle of sipping on theology talking about the canon of scripture super super exciting last name rifle Uh, dude so good oh shoot there he is all right uh so justin whatever you do whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Soli Deo Gloria. Amen.